Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. John J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We've been asking all morning. The NFL trade deadline came and went yesterday, 4 p.m. Did you like the moves your team make or didn't make? 888-ESPN-729-3776, 888-729-3776. Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA reporter, with us now. Nick? Nick? Who are you arguing with now? Who's arguing with you you? now? Nick, how are you doing here, Nick? (laughs) What's up, It's uh, It's never a dull moment, guys. That's right. Nick was the reporter you could hear asking Kyrie about uh, promoting these, uh, you know, uh, inflammatory uh, Promoting? What am I promoting? And, promoting. And, right, Kyrie promoting. used, I'm used, here. used the I'm word. I'm out of here. I'm not answering your question. I'm out of here. He latched on to the word promoting to avoid <laughs> answering the question. Nick, you should have just probably at some point said, okay, amplifying some other word. He still wouldn't answer the question. But what was the vibe like last night in the building and around the team after Steve Nash and the Nets, uh, the, I believe the, the quote is, chose to part ways? Well, in this case, Max, <laughs> I'd say I actually believe that <laughs> because I think Steve – was so done in by the last year since January, and that became even more exacerbated in the last couple of weeks, certainly in the last few days with this latest Kyrie controversy. So in this particular case, I actually believe the wording here that Sean Marks and Steve Nash sat down and said, eh, it's, uh, it's no good anymore. But as far as the vibe and the mood, it's miserable. Guys, I've covered the league about 15 years now, I have never, ever seen a more dysfunctional team. This team is all over the place every day. And just when you think they take a step forward and you feel like everybody's coming together, they find some way, either on the floor or off of it, to (laughs) go two steps back. Can you explain, when you say, okay, you've been around, you've been covering the league 15 years, you've seen it up close. When you say the most dysfunctional. Can you give us some sense of being around the team and noticing dysfunction, not wins or losses. I'm talking about dysfunction behind the scenes. This is a a group, I I think it's best exemplified as so much uh, of of everything else that goes on with the Nets, uh, with Kyrie. Because internally, they never know if Kyrie is going to show up and – and they never know if he is going to deliver day after day after day. We've talked about it for a year, guys. If, if Last year, if they would say, all right, we'll practice it too, he'd be like, all right, well, why isn't it four? But he, he doesn't want anybody to tell him what to do or how to do something. I've, I've learned that firsthand in, in the questions and the back and forth. But uh, the, the issues are so deeply rooted now beyond just Kyrie, this group, they don't know each other on the floor, Max. You can see it in how they play. There's no camaraderie internally. And for as much focus as there is on Kyrie and and what's gone on even in the last week and and what's happened the last couple seasons, I think another way in which you'd see the dysfunction now is that you've plugged Ben Simmons into this team and – there are, were a lot of people prior to the trade and certainly in the last few months that thought if you plug Ben Simmons around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, 
and the Seth Currys of the world and Joe Harris's, everything would be a, a really solid basketball fit. Ben Simmons has been really bad. And he he keeps saying, I need more time to knock the rust off of, of my game. But when you're watching a max player on a max contract not live up to that anymore, it adds to all the other issues that you've got going on uh, inside that group. So uh, it has been really stunning, frankly, to watch all the good vibes that have been built up over the course of training camp in the preseason fade away so quickly over the last couple weeks. Nick, with all that being said, though, the two stars, obviously Kyrie and Kevin Durant, probably have more inside than some of the other benchmates. And how how were the benchmates, how surprised were they when this came down with Steve Nash? You can only believe uh, what they say, Key, but in this case, we talked to Joe Harris late last night. Joe Harris has been on that team a long time. He knows everybody in the organization. He straight up said, I was shocked. Because for as much as the players may have had a read that Nash has been kind of tired and sick of dealing with all the, the BS behind the scenes, the reality of it actually happening was jarring uh, for some people. And certainly when you're used to coming to work and, and you've got Nash's demeanor and you're used to him doing things uh, the way he does – with, with a lot of new members of that staff uh, this season. To hear Joe Harris sit up there last night and say, yeah, Steve didn't even talk to the team on the way out, didn't get that chance. We all learned about it about 1 o'clock. It was just done. And, and Key, I, <laughs> I've been around that team every day since January. I, as much as uh, there was uncertainty around what was going on with Nash, I tell everybody, I don't care who comes in next. It does not matter. Ime Yudoka, it, it doesn't matter. That team does not fit well together on the floor. And the defense is so bad within that group night to night that I don't see how they can fix it to a point where you think they're a legit championship contender again. Because that's what this team was built to do, win the title. And right now, with the way it's looking – they don't even look like a playoff team. You see, in the you see, though, Nick, like, I didn't think Steve Nash even had a damn chance to come back after Kevin Durant gave Joe Sy, the owner of the team, an ultimatum saying it's going to be me or it's going to be Steve Nash and Sean Marks until they met in London. And then to me, it felt like there was a plan, right? To a degree. I almost felt like there was a coup going on, right? Like that's Kyrie and KD saying at the end of the day, this is our ship, but on a bigger scale. It feels like, and I'm a Nets fan, Nick. They are the black eye of the NBA. They are the most unlikable team, I think, maybe in the history of the league. I mean, you t- I mean at least we didn't like the bad boys because of the way they played. But damn, they played together. You knew their camaraderie. You knew their loyalty. So for me, as, as gifted as Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, as gifted as they are, nobody is talking about celebrating their skill set on the court, it's always something else going on with this team. And that that's the problem. And now you're going to add Emi Yudoka. I think he's a brilliant coach. But like I said, the Celtics giving him away for no trade compensation. Zero. What does that say about how willing they are to say, go ahead, get out of here, please? Jay, the only thing missing right now from the Nets 
is the NWO music when they hit the floor. They should just lean in completely to all the uh, insanity at times internally that's going on because they really are the most unlikable NBA team I've seen in a long time. And the the E-May stuff, as as Woj has reported, if that comes to fruition here in the next day or two, good luck explaining that. I mean, this is a small fan base to begin with, if we're all being real. The reason why ticket sales are down, right? Way down. go to games, you're like, man, this is not even – these are big games, and it's not even packed. Considering the hopes that was – that you know, when this group was put together – uh, what KD did, striking out by himself. Let me go start something. Going to Brooklyn instead of the Knicks. Like all that's laudable to me. Look at this. He's trying. He's taking a chance. He's trying. Then he, you know, you have Kyrie there, and then they bring in James Harden. I'm trying to think of a bigger dumpster fire so far c- compared to expectations, where guys were in the versus results. Right? Like I can't. The Lakers say whatever you want. They want a chip. LeBron came back and won a chip. Oh, it was in the bubble. Everybody, they won the championship. Whatever it looks like now, if KD would have gotten a chip out of this, everyone could shut up. They haven't come close. And it's going to hang on whatever the legacy is moving forward of Kevin and Kyrie. And Kevin, his legacy is secure in that sense, Max, because he had the two titles in Golden State. He won the two finals MVPs. And Kyrie will always have that shot that he hit for the Cavs. But the point is, those guys decided to pair up and play together. And the, the measure by which uh, they'll be judged from now until the end of time is, did you win? And this team is not going to win. But, Nick, I go back to we need to stop putting the Lakers and the Nets in the same conversation. They're like, it's two completely different things. The Nets are way worse than the Lakers are. At least the Lakers, I know who the bona fide leader is and how he leads. He's been consistent with that. Now, he may have put himself in a hole to a degree with Russell Westbrook, but as Max said, he got a championship. The leader of this team is not the best player on the court. It's Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And, and, Jay, and that's the problem. You, that It's really interesting and it's telling because if we're getting into the layers here in the context, what Kevin will always be knocked for by the, the basketball fandom all over the place is – in Golden State, he was the best player. He was incredible, but he wasn't the leader of the group. That's Steph. In Oklahoma City, as the leader, he never got them to the next step. Was he or was Westbrook the leader? Well, that yeah, and right. that's a, a whole other conversation. Yep. But they didn't make it, no matter which way you judge it. In Brooklyn, Kevin, in the beginning, was viewed as kind of the guy, but it's, it's been so obvious. The younger guys respect the hell out of Kevin Durant, a lot of them idolize Kyrie, and they listen to everything that he says, and he sets the tone for so much of the group. So either way, Kevin is not the leader of this group, and now they haven't had the success that everybody thought they would over the last I'm just three trying years. to tell everybody right now, Nick, and you keep paying attention to it because there, there are more hints every time I see somebody talk about somebody else. I really feel like Kevin Durant might end up playing for the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I watched the way – he looks at John Morant. I watch the way they connect, the way he talks about his game. It's completely different than the way he talks about Kyrie Irving's game. And just like as we talk about the next step, like, yeah, he signed a four-year, $194 million you know, extension. Like he's forced his way, he tried to force his way out. If it doesn't go down this year, 
I don't see Kevin Durant just sticking around Brooklyn saying, I'll carry this franchise on my back. And that part is crucial to, to underscore and shout from the mountaintops because Kevin, he is a competitor. He wants to win badly. Jay, he's not going to stay on this team no. if they keep sliding the way that they Just are. one last kind of big picture take that I've been considering as, you, as you've been talking, Nick. The, the, a lot of the modern NBA, the last, say, 20 years, has been, or 10 or 10 years certainly, has been teams' responses to LeBron James on the one hand and the Golden State Warriors on the other, right? Um, KD joins Golden State because they got to get over LeBron. You can view it that way. Uh, Same thing, by the way, when you look at reactions to LeBron. KD, LeBron went and formed his own. I'm going to go KD. I I can't win just, you know – Kyrie Irving, I don't need LeBron to win. I can go do it by myself. It's a kind of reaction to the two powerhouses, LeBron James and Steph and the Golden State Warriors on the other. One is a guy who's been everywhere, and one guy has stayed put. KD and Kyrie go to try to do it by themselves without either LeBron or Golden State to answer both those. It has been a miserable failure. There's a reason LeBron has won wherever he's been and that Golden State has been a powerhouse this whole time. Nick Friedel, ESPN, NBA reporter, Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. It's Progressive's 10th Keys to Progress giveaway for veterans. This year, their goal is to gift a vehicle to a recipient, small business, or nonprofit in every state. See more about their annual giveaway at keystoprogress.com. Brian Dable right now, he's turned around the culture of belief. He's doing all the right things, Keith. That takes a lot of guts to do because typically in professional sports, you follow the money. Both the Giants and Jets stand pat at the trade deadline. 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. The NFL trade deadline came and went. Did you like the moves your team made or didn't make at the deadline? Because both the Giants and Jets stayed pat. Chris Canty, host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, was on this very program minutes ago on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and he talked about the Giants doing nothing at the trade deadline. I don't think this new general manager, Joe Shane, has any illusions about what this team is right now. And so he recognizes that Changing the culture is important. Being able to stack wins in year one is good for buy-in with the locker room, but I think they have an eye toward the future in getting as much draft capital as they can to reshape this roster because there's still a lot of work to be done. So I don't think that they needed to make a move at the trade deadline. Now, that doesn't mean that the Giants can't add. There's, there's a receiver that's out there that once upon a time was a Giant that I think could be in line for a reunion with the squad. I think they approached the season looking at it as an evaluation year and then realized that they got six wins on their on their books right now and have an opportunity to make this year a special year for them. Uh, going out and acquiring somebody once again, much like other teams that are looking to pick up pieces at this time of the year and give up draft capital. Why would you do that if they're not going to be true difference makers, right? Why would you try and go and pay a handsome ransom to get a guy that, quite frankly, it's the same guy that you already have on the team. And that's the way these general managers are looking at things. You can completely tell just looking at what did the Miami Dolphins do with Nick Chubb. They went out and got Nick Chubb. They didn't mind giving up picks for that because he's going to make a true difference within the division as well as in the conference. And I don't know the hole that the Giants have is at the receiver position in most of our eyes. Is there a receiver that would have been available to them? They got rid of Tony. 
But is there a guy that would have been available to them? Did they did they try to go get a DeAndre Hopkins? Guess what? Yeah, if you got a first-round pick, but that's not worth it. So they did exactly what they should have done. Just sit tight. You won yep. six games with your core that you have now. If something becomes available because somebody cut somebody or whatnot, then you can pick that up in a free marketplace. Key, I've always subscribed to this, man. You know, everybody in our society is like, you got to move. You got to move. Like, if you're moving, you're doing something. If you're busy, you're doing something. That's not always the case. Sometimes you're doing something by just sitting and waiting to see what the market gives you. So if there's not somebody that you feel like is out there that can truly add, can be additive to the culture that has been established with Brian Dable and Joe Shane right now, and isn't just a guy, but like, a piece that can move the needle, Max. Wait for those pieces to present themselves. It's so, it's so it, like, I really think this is an expert professional job right now by, by um, Shane. Because think about what he has to do. Think of how he has to thread this needle. Key, you're absolutely right. That's not, they're not ready, getting ready to win a Super Bowl. Dolphins believe they're about to make a Super Bowl run, right? The giant, but, the, but you also can't send the wrong message to the locker room. You ha- to build a winning culture, you have to reward winning. You can't gut the team right now just to st- stockpile draft picks. So what did they do? Kadarius Tony won getting burned anyway, right? They got a nice draft pick for him. You move him. You amass the cat draft capital for a guy you weren't using anyway. That's different than trading a nice like like what the Bears are doing. Well, you know Roquan Smith, okay, but Roquan Smith, there's a different issue. But there's but the Giants aren't moving any guys that are helping them win now. So you got to leave that alone. You can't send the wrong message. But at the same time, you can't be hasty and foolish and, and try to add to something as though you're something you're not right now. This well, if, is, you're moving, if you're moving guys that's helping you win now, then that means that you're getting something better mm-hmm. than right. what you have, yep. which means yep. you're giving up more, right? And one of the things that I should say is our names are too close together. I meant Bradley Chubb and not Nick Chubb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody's worried about it. Yeah, I am. But But Bradley um, Chubb is actually the bigger impact player because he's a pass rusher. It's harder to find what Bradley Chubb does. Nick Chubb's a great player, but it's harder to find what Bradley (laughs) Chubb does. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just the last name. Because Nick Nick Chubb is the more famous of the two. Nick Nick Chubb, Bradley Chubb. Chubb, But I think the the Giants certainly have done the right thing in terms of just sitting tight because, again, What's out there? And I know people are like, OBJ, OBJ, OBJ. What he did for the Rams last year, everybody's not going to be able to do that because you acquire a player. Key, if the he Rams comes back, did, don't you think you can find a little uh, about Daniel but, Jones with Odell? But Joe, Joe Shane made a comment about that, guys. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, he literally said that if, if he can be an additive piece if to he's a healthy. Super Bowl team, to a Super Bowl team, which is where our eyes are no, set. No, no, Shane said if he's healthy, we'd be open to talking to him. Yeah, but he also said if he's added a piece to a Super Bowl team, he said it yesterday. All so right. all, all I'm saying is, like, and I think OBJ could be that, but still you got to see where his health is. But Key, yeah, I, but you're, you're in week eight. That's what nine. I'm saying, yeah, exactly. He, he is not going <laughs> to be ready to go for you until mid-December. So you could sign him now and pay him and – Get him, rehab him, and do and all he has time to learn things. the playbook and to be in the building and all that stuff. Yeah, Kate. but but guess what I'm doing? I'm hoping in a prayer he he's able to run and do anything. When I get to mid December, I can work him out. I can't work him out now. Mm. He can't stop on a dime and give change and do all right. that sort of stuff. In December, he'll be able to do that. And if I'm in a position at that point in time in the free agent market, and I say to myself, I need to go get this guy that 
get us over the top. Now you do that. You don't do it right now because mm-hmm. it's too early. I want to further evaluate Daniel Jones, and I think Odell would be the best receiver on the team and give me a better idea of what Daniel Jones may be able to do with a number one receiver or at least a better receiver than the guys he's got. You we want to hear tell that right now. No, Max, you know, I got later. No, no. But like yeah. Mike Tannenbaum was on this just in 2 p.m. Eastern ESPN yesterday talking about how you bring a guy into the building early. So he gets acclimated. So he gets to know the teammates. So he, so he can learn the playbook. He can see what's going on, you know? And so by the time he gets healthy, he's more ready to go than if, you know, you just wait until he can work out for you. But I, but I hear what you're saying, Key. Um, we want to hear from you. Did you like the moves your team made or didn't make at the deadline? 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. But first, this word from Omega Accounting. Small business owners want to know the secret to navigating the employee retention credit? Trust in Omega Accounting Solutions to help you recover any payroll tax overpayments you made during the pandemic. You may even be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee if you continue to pay employee wages during COVID. All it takes is a quick and easy free 10-minute ERC consultation to find out whether or not you qualify. It's that simple. In fact, the date from onboarding to filing is just 30 days. CPAs and payroll companies even turn to Omega for ERC tax guidance. That's how knowledgeable and efficient they are. And with over 15 years of experience in financial management, business leadership, and corporate strategy combined, you can count on Omega every step of the way to take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit. Or if you have any specific ERC questions, call 800-704-2000. Or visit omegacredits.com. Excuse me, omegataxcredits.com. Omegataxcredits.com. Before the filing window closes or funds run out. Listen to Keyshawn J. Will and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the more tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap live radio. ESPN radio everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPNU. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and you can join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 729-3776, 888-729-3776. The NFL trade deadline came and went. Did you like the moves? Do you like the moves that your team made or didn't make at the deadline? At the deadline, Giants and Jets stay pat. 
Giants did trade Kadarius Toney before the deadline last week and got some you know draft capital, compensation to maneuver in this upcoming offseason. They weren't using Kadarius Toney. Anyway, Terry in Albany, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. What you got, Terry? Um, Keyshawn, as, as a former wide receiver, why would the Jets go get someone else when they don't even have someone to throw them the ball? Who did they go get? They didn't get nobody. I like I like the fact that they stayed pat and did nothing. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, they they got young guys though. They got young guys that's good, and they you know Garrett Wilson is the future at the receiver position for them. So there's real there's no real reason to go get a wide receiver at all. They're they're, they're fine. I mean, they did what they needed to do, replacing Brees Hall. Um, other than that, they, they didn't need to do anything on the offensive side of the ball. Adam in New Jersey, you're on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. What did you like? What didn't you like, Adam? Uh, so I'm a Ravens fan, and everybody's hating on this Roquan Smith trade because they're always talking about next year, how we're going to pay Roquan and Lamar. But I don't get why we're not focusing on it now. We have nine games of Roquan. We can't tackle. Patrick Queen is my guy, but he can't wrap anybody up to save his life. So I feel like it was a great trade and people need to stop hating on it. I don't think people are hating on it. I think people recognize that, you know, both things could be true, that this gives them, you know, uh, an opportunity right now to bolster that defense and to win now. It's, it's very additive, while also understanding that Lamar Jackson and Roquan represent themselves, and they're going to have big contacts next year. A key, I just had a thought. Do you think any of the Roquan Smith uh, trade is about the Ravens thinking, you know what, there is a chance, there is a world – in which Lamar doesn't re-sign. And because of that, we need to really act with urgency now to try to win a Super Bowl while we have the guy in his prime and a chance to win. Any of that going on, you think? No, they, they got his they can franchise tag. Him. He's, not, he's not going anywhere. He can't walk out the building. But even if it's I, in the next was, year or two. I was going to say, if they wanted no, to do that, Max, not. they would probably get him somebody a little bit younger than Deshaun Jackson, who's 35 years old. <laughs> yeah, but there wasn't no, a lot of guys thinking, available. They're not thinking about that. He's... He's a Raven for at least the next six seasons. Six? Six. Well, you have to get a deal done to get him six years. They're going to get a deal done, Max. They don't – look, man, I don't know how many times i got to say this and say it over and over and over again. No one lets a franchise quarterback walk out of the building. They, it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. We're not talking about Tom Brady at 42 years old. We're not talking about Russell Wilson when Pete Carroll identified he really isn't our franchise quarterback. We're talking about guys like Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's not letting him walk out of the door. I'm saying the world is the same for a very long time, and then one day there's an exception that proves the rule, and suddenly something's different. Let's see him get a deal done. I could could, uh, swim in the ocean one day. One day. I can swim one day. Max is right. One day yes, I might can. be able to swim in the ocean. One day you could learn yeah, one, one day, day how to swim in the ocean, now, as a matter of fact. Are, it's not chances, probable, chances, but why not? Chances, exactly, Jay. And chances <laughs> are, probably isn't going to happen. I almost <laughs> said chances are some other stuff, but then we're on live television and radio. I can't say well, that. Well, the ocean, there are sharks I'll in there and everything. Canceled. What about a swimming pool? You could swim in a swimming pool. I can walk from one end to the next until it starts to get up to my neck. Key, it would take you one hour to learn how to swim in a swimming pool. One hour. I'm, I don't don't worry about that. I can handle <laughs> my, what I need. I can handle what I need to 
out by the pool. Jerry Jones, meantime, can he handle what he needs to? With a- Jerry Jones said, the Cowboys have a sense of urgency, right? But they did not make any moves at the deadline, or certainly at all, to upgrade the receiving core. Here is the Cowboys owner on 105.3 The Fan. I uh, am uh, conscious of it all the time. It's different than it was 10 years ago. Uh, That never crossed my mind 10 years ago that uh, you might be running out of time. It does cross my mind now, and uh, uh, consequently, uh, uh, I don't have time to have a bad time. Uh, It's not on my schedule. (laughs) And uh, I think that is the thing. My schedule has tightened up, and I have... uh, 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 a little less uh, cruising time and a little more doing time. His schedule, a Ed Werder tweeted at Werder Ed ESPN. Two sources directly involved tell me hashtag Cowboys and hashtag Texans discussed a potential trade involving, you Brandon guessed Cooks. it, wide receiver Brandon Cooks until the final minutes before the NFL trade deadline expired. Draft pick compensation and the $18 million guaranteed salary for Cooks in 2023 could not be resolved in time. But, Key, the Jay, fact what is the schedule? Schedule. <laughs> a schedule. What is that? I don't, I don't know what that is. Sounds You don't me either. Do you, Max? A schedule. A schedule. A schedule. I, you know, you Do you a, not? Just say you don't, man. Well, don't he, try to figure yes. it out of your head. Yes, I, knew, I know what he means from context. I get it. He means schedule, but he turned British or something all of a sudden. I don't know. You see, I'm only worried about not – granted, probably cap restrictions, but the only concern I have is if they get down in a playoff game and they have to abandon the run game to get them back, a guy like Brandon Cooks could have really helped them considering where their wide receivers are. That, that's my only well, concern they, about it. Their receivers are fine. Michael yeah. Gallup is healthy. He's fine. And C.D. Lamb is fine. But getting a guy that can take the top off of it – Certainly helps the situation. There's not a lot of guys that can do that that's running around and available to you in the National Football League. But what you got to realize, though, is they just had Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper was scheduled to make close to that same amount of money. He was what? That he was close to making He was scheduled. scheduled. He was scheduled, scheduled Key. <laughs> <laughs> he was scheduled to make it. He was scheduled. He scheduled <laughs> to make that type of money. So – why, you know, if I can get him cheap, then I'll get him. Otherwise, I'm good. I'll stand pat. Yeah, but the fact that they were, sure, but they were talking up until the deadline. So, yeah. obviously, there was real interest from Dallas in adding Cooks. A- absolutely. And, and, and by the way, guys have been injured before. Guys are coming off injuries, too. So, why wouldn't you have some kind of reassurance key if you can get an asset that is a just-in-case asset? Just in case yeah, assets you, but, get you but, championships sometimes, Key. The problem, man, you're talking about $19 million of money guaranteed in 2023. They're like, nah, uh-uh. We're not doing that. We had a guy that's in Cleveland now. That's just too much money. I guess, you know, you know it's funny because we you kept saying, like, who's available? Like an impact receiver? This was the guy. It was Cooks who was available. That was the biggest impact guy who was available, apparently, at the deadline. Look, I, I'm looking at the Dallas schedule right now. <laughs> They, they're on the road against a desperate Packers team. On the thir- they, they got their bye. And then on the road against a desperate Packers team. I think that's a dangerous game at Lambeau. Then, they host, then they're on the road against the Vikings, who are pretty good. And then they host the Giants, 
who, you know, like, whatever you want to say about the Giants, it's not a real 6-2. and two. It's a division, NFC division rivalry game. You know, you could easily lose that game. And the Giants do beat them at Dallas. You know, it's not like that's such a strange thing. That's, a, that's not the – it's not murderer's row, but that's a real – those are going to be an interesting three games for the Cowboys coming up. Are they Super Bowl contenders as currently constructed? It seems to be. They Maybe Cooks puts the, put, would have put them over the top. It didn't happen. The Phillies, meantime – one game three to take a, 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 a three one. Wait a minute, what game are we on? Are it's three man, two yeah. to one. No lead. two one series lead. Two I, one. Because two yeah, one. that's what I said. Three one. I said, did I miss a game? No, that was there was a rain out. Who put that up there, Yates or or, <laughs> or, or <laughs> hey <laughs> yo? Was it Costello? Uh, one of you two uh, Philly guys trying existence. to get to three one already? Get it into existence, Max. The Phillies won game three uh, to take a two one uh, series lead. <laughs> so the question is, are the Astros done? After Key has this from Dr. Pepper. The most wonderful time of year is up on us again. College football season, Dr. Pepper and the residents of Fanville invite you to revel in another one-of-a-kind year of flexing your foam finger, humming your school's fight song, in your sleep, by the way, and thriving on a steady diet of buffalo chicken dip and post-game day commentary all washed down with a rich, delicious Dr. Pepper, of course. Another Sunday, or Saturday better yet, not Sunday, Saturday is always just around the corner. So make sure... Your tailgate doesn't turn into a simple failgate, and you pick up a case of ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, you know, when yesterday I was with my family and my, my um, brother-in-law's in town and he had the flight to catch and before he goes to flight, we want to take him to dinner or whatnot. And so I asked everybody where they want to go. I don't care, whatever. Okay, cool, whatever. Y'all want to go here. They're like, yeah, we'll go there. I'm like, okay, fine. I can get something there. Y'all can get something there. So we get there and it's a 40-minute wait. So now I want to use my face. I go to the manager. I'm like, say, man, can you, you know, hook me up? I'm like, I got to get to the airport, da-da-da-da. Dude's like, nah, it, we only have a handful of servers. I, you know, make I cut it down 20 minutes. 
So at that point, I tell everybody, they're like, no, we don't wait, wait, we hungry. So we're like, okay, I say, okay, let's go get something to eat at the Italian restaurant next door. Now everybody don't want to eat. They don't want to eat Italian food because they had their mindset on going to the other place. So now I'm like, wait a minute, I drove all the way over here, we can't eat here, he has to get to the airport, I'm starving, there's people starving, let's just eat here. Well, I want to eat healthy food, I don't want to eat, okay, you are vegan, let's just go to Veggie Grill. You want to eat Veggie Grill? Let's just go to Veggie Grill. I'll get something to eat when I get back at home. No, I don't want to eat veggie, wait a minute, you just told me you wanted something healthy. Well, I don't want to eat vegan fast food. I was like, I I just can't when I'm out with people and nobody can make up their mind. It drives me crazy. So, like, do you have a do you have a, a time frame on like how long you gonna wait? Because I feel like forty minutes is kind of long to wait for anything. Yeah, I'm not gonna wait forty minutes. I can wait ten. I can give you ten minutes. I can give you Just ten. 10? I mean, ten. Yeah. ten is about right. Ten fifteen, I feel like is cool. But like, I could give you ten because I got kids and I'm up against the clock. So if I'm up against the clock, I only can give you ten. If I'm with you, me and you, Yates, I can wait 30 minutes because all I'm going to do is go to the bar, watch TV, have a cocktail, laugh, see people face, and then get my table. But when I have family and stuff, I only can give you 10 minutes. Like, I know Max Like I know Max has, like, a, a strict, stringent, I'm not waiting past 15 or so minutes. Like, yeah. No, I can give you I can give you 10. <laughs> 10 is not long. No, 15. Not long. How long you got to wait around? The only thing is this. If you got your family with you. You got the kids. You drove yeah. there, the whole thing. Now what are you going to do? By the time you find someplace else, it's going to be 20 minutes anyway. So if they tell you a half hour, you're stuck. No, no, I'll get back in the car and go find something. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. i give Todd, you 10 minutes. Todd Frazier here, by the way, sitting right next to me, is hearing us talking and said it happened to him the other day, 45 minutes? 45 yeah, minutes. We're that with two other, no kids, though, two other couples. And it was one of the best places in uh, – in New Jersey, see, so I'm like, you know what, I'll just You wait. waited the 45? Just had yeah, see, drink, if it's know, just whatever. you and yeah. couples, that's different. Yeah, Kids, different. No. It is yeah. different. You can have a drink at the bar. But still. Since the postseason started, he's been on fire. It's to Harper. Hit high in the air. Deep right center field. It is gone. Bryce Harper with his first big World Series moment. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Todd Frazier, ESPN Baseball Analyst, with us now briefly with my beloved New York Yankees. Todd, before we get into the baseball of it all, we were just talking on uh, additional content about wait time at restaurants. Yes. And yes. you did a 45-minute wait job with, a, with you and some other couples, huh? Yeah, but listen, if you got the kids, it's a different story, as yeah. we talked about. But when you're at one of the, one of the better restaurants in, in New Jersey, uh, the Butcher's Block, which I love, you can mm-hmm. wait the 45 minutes. Give a good little shout-out to the block, you know? If you shout them out on national radio, <laughs> they ought out. to seat you right away, right? Yeah, next time they will. Next time they do a great job over there. Some of the best food you'll ever eat. And, you know, it's different. When you're with couples, you know, 45, okay. Yeah. Nothing more than that, I would, I, I would say. Yeah, I could give you 45 if it's, if it's just adults. I can give you 45 because yeah. I'm going to have a cocktail, I'm chilling, yeah. I'm fine. But when you got kids and family and stuff, I can't give you more than 10. See, at 45 10 with adults key, if you if there's a seat at the bar. I'm not waiting yes. in the little waiting yes. area, standing around, 
<laughs> you got to yeah, standing around party. What type of restaurants? People looking at me going, hey, aren't you Mike Greenberg? No, I, thank Max, you. Max, what yeah. type of restaurants you going to where you got to wait in a little waiting area? Oh, there are the there, damn bar. There was a place. There was a place <laughs> this summer. What do you summer. like? Chili's, man. What there, the heck? There was a place this summer I went to out east. Meaning the Hamptons. And, and oh, oh there's mm, a new place. Mm, so let me go check it out. Mm. And they had me wait. I was like, after about 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm out. It's, you know, you hope that there's some sports fan there. You show your face around a little bit. Maybe the manager recognizes yeah, yeah, yeah. you, but the no, no dice. <laughs> but it's tough. It's like, yeah. all right, so you, you, you don't wait. You leave after 10 minutes. Then where do you take the kids? Fast Exa- food? Like, where you, do you go? You go across the street to the place that's not so good, which is why no one's there. Right. The problem, yeah. the problem, Max. You look too common. That's the problem. I'm a stink look. That's true. Well, you know, I get a distinct look where people automatically know. Well, that ain't Aaron Rodgers. That no. ain't, it's, not, <laughs> it, it doesn't, it's not Greenberg. Who is this guy? Somewhere on you the need spectrum to have your between Rodgers and look. Greenberg. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. How? So, what was that like? You were in Philly last night. What was that like, Todd? It was. It was crazy. Uh, Phillies fans are, are absolutely nuts. I remember yeah. not to switch gears. I went to the Philadelphia Eagles game when they played the Vikings. And before they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I'm telling you, if you wore purple there, it didn't matter what age. Some old lady about 70, 80 yeah, years old to the floor. was getting reamed yeah. out left right. and right. Yeah, right. But um, they're crazy. They're passionate about their, their team. And they showed up yesterday, man. It was, it was just right from Jump Street. I mean, you got Bryce Harbor seeing the first pitch and just going, boom, here I am. Legend, legendary stuff going on last night. You never played for the Phillies? I can't no, remember. No, 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 no. Just uh, both New York teams. Cincinnati, yep. Yankees and Mets briefly. Rangers, Pirates, and White Sox. Ended with the what? The Pirates? Ended with the Pirates, right. but I like to, I don't want to go on the bad little tangent there. Right, yeah, yeah. It, it ended with the Olympic silver medal after that, so I'll go. take that. We'll All right, take that. there you Rob, go. Rob, I mean, not Rob. <laughs> Todd, you, you, you have some familiarity with Rob Thompson, yes. right? You were around in 2017 with the Yankees. Why is he having – this success, though, this year with the Phillies, what what's different? Well, I first when when I first came to the Yankees, uh, Joe Girardi was the manager, of course, but at the same time, Rob Thompson ran the show. He was the guy that did the meetings, that brought everybody together, and did all the homework in the background and all that stuff. And the meetings we had were so beneficial to the younger guys, beneficial to the older guys as well. Trying to understand because when you step in the in the clubhouse in Yankee Stadium. It's like, listen, you either, you better step up or shut up, man, because you're going to get kicked out the door real quick. Because, you know, Hal Steinbrenner's not going to take any crap, Brian Cashman, and the whole nine yards there. And, you know, we got guys like CeCe Sabathia. You know, if he says something, that, his word is bomb, man. you got to be ready for anything. And for Rob, he took the bull by the horns, and he understood, listen, this is what we need to do. You know, and all eyes were on him. You know, I've been in meetings before where you sit back and you're like, ah, oh, God, here we go again. But this guy was in tune. He did his homework. And he studied the game. And he just – you see him during these games, his eyes are glued. He's looking at paperwork. He's like, what can I do next? And he's made all the right moves so far. And he's got two more games to prove that he needs to be a manager, you know, for, for years to come. So I love the way Lance McCullers Jr. – I remember when his father, by the way, was traded to the Yankees. That was in the Ricky Henderson deal yeah. in, like, 89. This is how old I am. I remember thinking, oh, he could be the next Goose Gossage. Rising fastball, the whole thing. Didn't work out. But McCullers Jr., was asked about tipping his pitches last night, and I love his answer, which is basically like, you're not baiting me into making an excuse, man. They just kicked my you-know-what, basically. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on the idea that he might have been tipping his pitches? He was. um, You know, from playing as long as I did, I understand. I wasn't the best at picking up pitches, but once I found out about it or somebody told me, it was real simple. And I I go back to Chili Davis was one of my better hitting coaches, with the Mets, well, and, you know, poor guy Davis. should still have yeah. a job right now. He's unbelievable. But he, uh, 
he would do homework on it. And uh, he would show me something. I said, Chili, I said, what is the percentage you're right here? And for me, as an average hitter, I said, if it's anywhere over 50%, I'm going to ride with it. And for, for him, he came and goes, I got 60% of this. I got 70%. And if he was at 80, 90, I said, let's go. I'm gearing up. And, you know, I would take an out and 0 for 1 just so I can see and understand whether it was right or wrong. And what he was doing, it was simple. With Harper, the first, his glove was tilted up. There was no space between where his glove was and his chin and his face. Um, I broke down the film already. And then when he threw the fastball, his glove was curved and tucked behind his head. If you're in fifth grade, you can understand this. It's real simple. I mean, people are talking about his knee. Uh, There was space from his knee to his hip. It, that, that was from the stretch in the windup. But it was, it was all about the glove movement. It was all about the space in between his face and his glove. And um, Harper took ball and he said, listen, simple. Trust what we told you in the meeting. And Kevin Long, you got to give credit to him, the hitting coach. T- two so, things. So, one, so, one. by so the way, why? Key, Todd Frazier's like, oh, I was just an average hitter. You didn't get on base a lot, but let me just tell you his home run totals <laughs> exactly. in, his, in his three best seasons, uh, Key. 40, 35, and 29. It's pretty good. Anyway, go ahead, Key. So why would he say that he wasn't tipping? Why, why would he say that if he was? Well, I guess pride. I, I guess he didn't want, you know, I, I guess he didn't want to prove it or, you know, be wrong about something, but he definitely was. It, it's, it's, he's going to go back, and he was looking at film already in the dugout, and he's going to go back and see it. His pitching coach is going to pick up on it. Everybody's talking about it. It's, it's something where that pride factor is like, you know what, let me just take it, you know, let me take it on the chin. They beat me fair and square. And you don't want to be a, hey, man, I was tipping my pitches. This is what they – that's why they yeah, gave up me, five home he, runs. To me, Todd, it yeah. seems like he's not trying to make excuses, yeah. right? Whatever it is that you didn't get the job done, if you start saying, yeah, I was tipping my pitches, it's like you're not owning yeah. it. Own it, man. Yeah. You got beat. So and, I like what he said. He's like, look, they, they beat yeah. me. What am I going to say? He, five so, home, Todd. Five, excuse Five home runs has never been done before. I mean, yeah. this game is hard enough. And you got guys throwing balls going left, going right, up, down, east, west. It's a hard game. And guess what? If I know this percentages and you're going to give me, you know, 100%, this is what it is, I'm going to be geared up for that pitch, and I'm going to try and drive it as far as I can out of the park. So, Todd, it doesn't change, though. Uh, the habit's the habit. Like in football, if a guy is running a certain route and he has his leg up a certain way or mm-hmm. he's leaning a certain way, you automatically know what he's getting ready to do. Yeah. How often is that in baseball where it changes? Well, I, it's, it's just something where you have to – the belief has to be there, and you have to understand whether, you know, if you're a pitcher, a finger might be moving from your glove. Uh, you might make a weird face when you're pitching. It's something that if you see it, go with it, Todd. and you got to go. You just got to do it. We are up against it, but we're about to get into this Udoka thing. And as a guy from the area, I'm sure you're interested. Does Udoka's hire solve Brooklyn's problems? <laughs> That's coming up. Keyshawn J. Will and X. Thanks, Todd Frazier. You got it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.